This is episode 27, first episode of 2021. Today is the day that Oprah Winfrey has interviewed the royalty, well, the ex-royalty, about their new life in the United States. We don't have royalty of today, but I do have the prince and prince of car collecting UK. That's Dan Hewitt and Ryan Sorter. Gentlemen, been a while since we got together, well, at least online recording. We obviously do get together um, in group chats and such like. What have we been up to since we last recorded, which was, when was it, about September, October last year, so it's probably about five months away. <laughs> uh, Ryan, what have you been up to? Are kids all through university now? Are they retired? or? Yeah, all retired. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm considering retirement. Um, well, obviously, we, we, Project 2020 finished. Uh, you know, got a few cards still to do that, but we're all good. Um, had a massive clear out of cards last weekend, so I've reinvested some of that in... Um, some sealed wax which will be here in a few weeks and some other bits and pieces um i went through all my gear um sorting some stuff out about what i wanted what i didn't want and mainly been keeping up with the market over the last few months has been quite fun um i know it's a topic we'll probably come you know talk about a little bit later on but um how the market's changing try and get ahead of it what can we predict coming up um so that's been really good fun but i've just been having fun with the hobby keeping up with the news, keeping uh, in the game. Um, we had uh, our uh, uh, Stegapalooza, uh, had the Cowboys, did very well in that. So, yeah, it's just been, been doing what we do in the hobby. Dan, have you been picking bits and pieces up or have you been uh, just viewing from afar? No, well, I've kind of, um, I've switched up a little bit um, in that, I probably don't. I, 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 I dare say the NFL's probably fell to my third in line of products that I pick up. Um, obviously, anybody who's listening who's got any one ones that look at the shift, I'll uh, I'll have a look at them. Um, but I've, I've been obviously we, we know about we and we talked about it at length, and, and we're going to talk about um, Project Twenty Twenty and Project Seventy. So involved in that again this year. Um, also, a company that I don't know if either of you guys have ever heard of called Futera. They've started doing um, soccer release. They've got the license for Liverpool, Man City, Marseille, PSG and Arsenal. Um, and they're releasing cards for those guys, um, a lot of which are the players. Whilst they're classed as rookie cards, they're almost the players' first cards. Some of these players aren't even in like tops match attacks or whatever the whatever the new one is they're doing this year um so i've been i've been having a scope of them and trying to pick out some uh, <coughs> some players from there so mainly i've just been buying those sorts of cards if you know what i mean the cards that you can just buy um that you can just pay for on online rather than um boxes or anything like that when you said nfl had dropped down to your third i thought we were going to hear the, the word pokemon coming out of your mouth and there was going to be a- <laughs> I, I thought pokemon was coming there was going to be a hitman coming up within six feet of you and bumping you off at the end of a park bench, which is we're allowed to do now, if you have said that. Yeah, no, anyway, yeah. Uh, nowhere near. No, thankfully for that. So, uh, from my point of view, just dabbled in the big breaks that our guys have been in. Um, I think like Tampa Bay and the Stegaloosa thing got subtle from that, but is what it is. That's always the gamble, isn't it? We've, uh, all three of us in the big breakers and we, 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 Skunked in the Super Bowl break, which cost quite a bit of money. But as a result of that, we ended up picking up a, a Tom Brady um, inscribed helmet, which will be one of the first couple of picks when we come to 
do our draft come? Uh, one of one. One of one of one. One of one. What does it say? It's six times Super Bowl MVP or something? Or three times? <laughs> something like that, yeah. Something like that. God bless him anyway. Oh, just see that Dan's muted himself yet again. So he's having another... Oh, another sure. I'm here. Look, you can hear me. Yeah. Nobody wants to see me having a cheeky vape. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> uh, um, but no, was, uh, obviously lots of products come out since we, since we last recorded. Probably most of this season's football releases have come out. Uh, contenders came out late this year. It was early February, I think it came out this year for a change, which was um, something. I know Dan's definitely not a contenders man. I, I still see it as the the rookie card to get picked up a few of those but um yeah that's something we'll move on to a bit i've got a little bit of a theory when it comes to products but yeah i think i've got my fill of seahawks players through that just got a couple there's no point chasing more than more than one or maybe two cards of, of each player that comes out now because it just doesn't seem to be on the marketplace uh other than that my watch list on ebay is extremely thin now that Got save searched on there, but nothing's coming up anymore. Nothing's coming up. The last thing I bought on eBay, which was yesterday, was dispatched, has already been delivered to my Jesse, uh, was was eight boxes of orange Tic Tacs, which shows you how shit my life is at the moment. <laughs> you can't get orange flavored Tic Tacs over in every night. Oh, dear. <laughs> well, I am impressed with the delivery time. Less than 24 hours later, they're there. So... God knows I'm getting that shit over though, so I'll have to wait until that time. If anyone in the UK has got any orange tic tacs and they're willing to deal, <laughs> I am your man. Right then, gentlemen, let's start with uh, something proper and discuss what's been going on in the hobby. Uh, it doesn't take much. I'm sure every podcast we, we still listen to, any podcast you guys listen to that we don't, everyone's staying the same. Is the bubble going to burst? Prices are sky high. This is getting absolutely ridiculous now. Um, uh, golden auctions that I'm sure most people are aware of, kind of new to the new to the scene as such. Uh, they had an auction last weekend where over five cards were sold for over a million dollars each. And the tweet that came out today that someone else released, I think it was Wine Cracknell, that said um, prior to the start of 2020, only 10 cards in history had sold for over a million dollars. Now, last weekend alone, there were five cards sold for that. Gentlemen, does there seem to be an end in sight to, to the crazy prices that come in? Uh, let's start with Ryan, because Dan's muted himself for another vape. <laughs> I, I thought you might go with Dan, because he's best mates with uh, Golden. Do you know what I mean? Is it, it uh, another another giant of the uh, the hobby world that Dan Dan has a secret relationship with? <laughs> um, they can't talk what, about it, of what, course well let's talk about is the bubble going to burst let's talk about that as a question no no it isn't are prices ever going to drop probably but the bubble isn't going to burst uh, the reason the bubble isn't going to burst is it would appear to me that the card manufacturers have very much learned from uh, what happened in the 90s and the reason I say that is that your correlation between prices going up and the amount of product isn't changing. That's the reason prices are going up. Prices are being driven up by demand from people 
for the same amount of product that came out last year, for the same amount of product that came out the year before and the year before that. However, there's a load of new money in the hobby, which is driving up demand and therefore <laughs> driving up the prices. Will the sort of the new money go away? Maybe, but like you've just said yourself, the five cards that are selling for selling for a million dollars, the the Brady that what that was only uh, was it a BGS eight? The Brady that yeah. sold for one point three two. Now, and we know that there's nine and a halves out there. Um, of exactly the same card. So, w- what does one of them go for? Sky's the limit. Two million, three million. Um, you know, it, it's it's it, it's not going to burst into a, a sort of nineties junk wax era burst. It, it may well deflate slightly, but I think the sort of prices you're seeing from investors, the the the, the investments they're making they can't get away from anytime soon. You can't get away from making a million dollar investment on a piece of cardboard as rapidly as you'd think, can you? So, Ryan, do you see a deflation coming rather than a burst? Um, I think there might be a market um, correction um, at some point. Um, and this is what happens with markets. Hot commodities continue to rise and others, um, the market will correct them. That's, kind of the whole thing that happens with the capitalist system um but but i think uh we're nowhere near that for me it, it, like if you'd say like, all these people saying like the bubble burst, the bubble burst we haven't even finished blowing the bubble up yet um so it's not going to burst very soon uh what's it ebay said that four million more trading cards were sold in 2020 than it was in 2019 um, you've got the fact that celebrities are getting involved, players are getting involved. We saw Deshaun, Deshaun Watson bought the bought that card a few last month. You know, like everybody's getting involved in it. They're playing at the high levels. They're using it and buying cards like commodities because it's a, they see it as a safer in, uh, investment. Um, no, the, 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 this bubble isn't bursting. This is the new normal. And also, in terms of, and I'm you know get a bit ranty about it, but uh, for us as as sort of NFL collectors first, or we wouldn't know it in the last twelve months to be honest, because the amount of baseball that I've bought in the last twelve months. But um, like football prices have never hit the highs of of, of NBA or or, or, or baseball. We, the NFL bubble is far from bursting. It's going to get bigger and bigger i think dan's absolutely right the key to this though is unlike in the mid 90s with um nba and baseball and then the like late 90s early noughties with nfl is it's up to the manufacturers about how they then ensure that the market stays vibrant and that might mean that we basically lose a load of crap product, and I've got no problem with that. Um, but obviously, we're seeing the sort of glimpses of what the future will look like, which is super expensive, what we would call as called mid-range products, but you know, a thousand pound a box, and then you get a blaster, uh, and then you get a hyper blaster or a target or whatever, and that's about a hundred dollars a box, and that's the, pretty much the only thing that most collectors will be able to afford. Um, but I can see it, you know, like I said, uh, talk about this bubble bursting is, for me, absolute bollocks. Um, we haven't even um, started blowing this this bubble up to start. So, you know, I don't see it bursting anytime soon. 
when we have a product like Panini One that two years ago uh, started up and was released at about $125 a box, and <clears throat> I think all three of us were in agreement. We sat here and chatted and we said, there's no way this product can be a success. One card for $130, whatever it was. Who on earth is going to buy that? That's too much of a risk. The 2021 version is being released later on this week, and that's priced at $600 a box. So now you're that's that's big boy money. You're that's just a huge gamble. You have to pull a burrow or a tour or a, or a Herbert to get your money back there. Secondary market, if you're collecting on that, people will be asking. Like we saw when contenders came out, people were putting base autos out because contenders has gone up about 800% in the last three years. Base autos that three years ago were eight or nine dollar cards because they were like fifth round draft picks. People were asking 70, 80 dollars for. <clears throat> Obviously, there's a couple of mugs that would pay that to start with. But if you wait a couple of weeks and the prices come down, it's still a lot more expensive. And the thing that kind of worries me about as a collector more than, than an investor is a lot of people are saying on various podcasts and in various groups that. Oh, there's room for collectors and investors. Everyone can both be side by side. <clears throat> to a certain extent, you can. But the problem I have now is I think it's the way it is at the moment is a collector has, has nothing to aim for. It is the end of the rainbow. You cannot collect a rainbow anymore. And let me give you an example because I've got something scribbled down the back of this envelope here because I'm so professional. <clears throat> As uh, most people listen to this know I collect uh, other than Seahawks, I collect Hunter Bryant cards, X University, Washington tight end, uh, bit part player for uh, Detroit Lions last season, drop, uh, undrafted free agent, signed for them. I think he played in four games, had three catches, something like that, so very very low down. So he's, there's probably about three people that collect him in the entire hobby. There's not really a massive rush when his cards come out. But in the month since contenders are released on ebay he's on my watch list i've looked at stuff now the number of cards that he should have out is there's 22 cracked ice 99 playoff tickets 49 championship tickets 86 ticket stub tickets and you've got the one the one as well which is 257 number cards in total the amount of number of cards that have been on ebay and have sold is nine that's all that's been up there that's all that's sold I bought six of them. <laughs> That's neither here nor there. Uh, it wasn't a bad price because he's, he's a no-name. But out of 257 cards, nine have sold on eBay. There's a couple more listed. That's three between 3 and 4% of the actual cards that are listed. So people are buying boxes and they're keeping them because they think it's an investment. So there's so much product now that is just tucked away for the next five, ten years before it opens up again, you're just not seeing cards come out. So if you're trying to do a rainbow, you've got no chance now compared to three, four years ago. I know Dan's still searching for that elusive Spectra uh, OBJ card. It's out there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. It's out there somewhere. What? I've seen was it. it. <laughs> was it 2015? For, yeah, 2000, sorry, 14, 2014. 2014. 
But now, how are you going to get a rainbow when probably about 75% of product that's been bought, maybe even more, is not being opened? It's being sashed yeah. away as an investment. It's funny, I come across, uh, I, and when you refer to that card, and I, I, I do know that card <coughs> has, has been pulled. I've, I've seen it sold now twice. I think I was far forward with my search as 2017. It got sold in 2014 when it got when it got pulled, and then it got sold again in 2017. Um, <clears throat> but I came across a a case of 2014 Spectra, and you can you can you, and I, I did think to myself. My first thought was, oh, I wonder if that I wonder if that cards in there. Maybe it's worth a gamble. Buy the case and rip it and see what see if it's in there. And then remembered that I knew where it was. Well, I don't know where it is, but remembered that I know for a while it's been pulled. But it, even going that far back, there's still cases and cases of this stuff still sitting there sealed, waiting waiting to be bought. And the price has spiked because people like Mevins have just won a Super Bowl and his prices have gone up. So, that, so you know, it's hard to say that, well, I agree with you, and I know what you're saying, it's hard to say that they're doing the wrong thing, isn't it? I mean, we've preached about, about like investing in sealed product for how long on this podcast? Oh, yeah, since the start. Yeah, you know, we, we we know for a while that that's 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 the way to make the money, you know. But um, and and it's it's scarily the way to make make the money as well. I mean, um, Mike Trout rookie cards. The gamble on trying to get a pack a Mike Trout rookie card is absolutely ridiculous. Now the the cards obviously it's a six figure card if you get it graded and it grades well, but the odds of getting one in a box are slim. The odds of getting one in a pack are even slimmer, and then <clears throat> you've got to get it graded and it's got a grade of ten, which makes it astronomical. And yet a pack of the cards are like four figures. You know it's bonkers, but it is what it is, isn't it? That's the people will pay for the gamble, so. More power to them. But that's what that's what investment. That's why the thing is, is that we're 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 talking on such a, a a low level. Like we don't have, I don't have a grand to chuck around on a box and just go, yeah, whatever. If I pull something nice, I pull something nice. Like these people aren't the people that are making the money at the moment in the hobby are buying cases, ripping cases ripping boxes like hunting like like uh, spending astronomical amounts of money they're the people they're the, they're the nickel and diamonds they're the gamblers the real people the real investors in this are buying cards direct on the secondary market either direct from those people that are pulling them direct from people in could be uh, certainly if anything from project 2020s um taught me that most of the industry are on social media obviously on twitter but also deep deep down in a lot of facebook groups that we we're in um in the tops groups and stuff you've got all the artists there you've got all the big players you've got everybody that is willing to drop anything whatever money you want to sell your card for they're willing if they want it they'll drop the money in there um the people who who invest like properly investing who are paying six figures for what was it josh allen uh, one of one they don't care they've got the money to do that but to the average collector you've got to find 
And I was saying, it's kind of like, you know, the, the arguments like in the last couple of days and the last few weeks, people get really antsy about it. My view is find your place in the hobby. What is your place in the hobby right now? Because I absolutely agree with you boys. Like, there's no chance. I mean, I've been trying to buy some sealed wax last since last weekend. Like I said, I sold a load of stuff. Uh, managed to finally get round to sorting some bits out. I don't sell a lot. I normally have like two sales posts a year or something like that. But I sorted it all out, made some money, wanted to go get some seal pack, seal wax. I wasn't even thinking about getting any modern stuff. I was trying to get myself a collector's edge because I really want to start collecting the acetates from 96 collector's edge or I was looking at 95 gold collectors or something like that you know just something to rip because it's quite fun like you've got to go find your niche now I think that um like I said uh I was saying 50 million times if you want to go if you're a Jags fan and you want to you want to get Trevor Lawrence well get together with other Jags fans, get a pool together. Pull your money together. Give yourself every opportunity and chance to be able to pull those Trevor Lawrence's because on your own, you're not going to be buying them on the secondary market. It's absolutely no chance. It's easy for me to go and collect Darrington Evans or some ranked kid from the third, fourth, fifth round. But if you know, if the Titans, I don't think we're going to do it, but, but if the Titans this year decided to draft a wide receiver in the first round, might have a chance at collecting him. Might. But I doubt it, because the secondary market is there. So you've just got to find your niche. I think you've got to rediscover what you want to do in the hobby. Um, and once you've found it, it's all good. And we can get on with it and just, you know, and hope and pray. As I, I was saying to Bubba last night, you know, I've got a couple of, op- in the end, I gave in and got a couple of optics. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm praying that there's a Herbert parallel in there. <laughs> You know what I mean? I'm praying there is one in there because <laughs> that's what's going to fuel my hobby buying. Um, I'm not taking that money and down the bank. It comes in, it goes straight back out in the hobby. But, you know, we'll see. But it is, it's when you're saying find your niche in the market. I think the thing that bothers a lot of people, myself included, is three, four years ago, we, we had found out our, our niche in the market. And now because it's all gone up and it's all gone absolutely apeshit crazy that everyone's been kicked off that little spot down there and we're right down the bottom feeders again as collectors where you are looking for, you are looking for scraps <clears throat> and that is quite not soul destroying but it is a bit of, a bit of a kick in the teeth and for me for, for me there's, there's there's ways and means i mean um i'd love a i want a i want a, a jita graded rookie card right so Obviously, if I want one, I want a, I want a gem mint ten. I can't afford a gem mint ten, so I was looking at how how can I how can I make it so that I can afford a gem mint ten. So the the best way I can do it is sort of ladder it up. So I'm going to get the one I can afford, which is I don't know maybe a four or a five or something like that, which which obviously isn't great. But at that point, then save the extra, put it away. And then once I've got enough extra, including the five, which I can sell, I can then go and buy a six. And don't get me wrong, I'm just going to have to com- I keep repeating the process. But there are ways and means to do it, getting at the low end. And then, you know, because the, the big cards are still having a knock-on effect on everything else as well. I mean, p- position players found in love. I know you're going to tell me that um, DK Metcalf is fantastic 
Bryant, but the only wide receiver really to ever have any loves, Jerry Rice. I'm not sure he's Jerry Rice. And yet his his card prices are absolutely phenomenal for a wide receiver in the hobby because it's always been about the quarterback. But as we discussed, it, with you, once you yeah. get these big sales, it knocks on on everything. It knocks on on like it's knocked on on all player positions. Running backs have got a boost. Wide receivers have got a boost. Every 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 position within the hobby is is being inflated by what's what's happening at the top. Like so, yeah. Because if you can't afford a quarterback, you go, what's next? Then it's a wide receiver, and yeah. the wide receiver prices go up. So what can I afford now? I'll get a running back. Then the running back prices go up, so you end up collecting an undrafted free agent tight end who's going to have a shit career. <laughs> but that's all good. <laughs> but, but, but that's why that's why you have to get into. But they, that, that isn't that part. Like, isn't that part of the fun though? Isn't part of the fun if you want to get involved in a bit of that action by getting more involved in what happens in the lead up to the draft? Because you boys know what I do. Not necessarily this year because of COVID and work and family and all that, trying to bloody buy a new house and move. I'm not going to have my 350 board this year, but I'm going to try and aim for maybe 100. Like, But like the exciting thing for me is that I'm going to have a look at these guys. I'm going to have a look at who I think might be might be a, a cheeky snap-up in the third, fourth round. Are they worth investing in? I've already got the quarterback that I think is worth invested in already. I've chosen them. I'm not going to be knocked off that pedestal. I've done that. Like, And, and then we'll see what happens. Um, you know, And I'm boring, aren't I? So I, I, I like that. I, it's exciting looking at what that what that might look, 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 look like. I think the problem is, is that... I remember in Mahomes' rookie year, nearly pulling the trigger, 120 quid on a rookie. I'm going to say it was encased. It was something like encased auto. Um, Didn't. Lost my bottle. Didn't bother. God knows how much that card's worth now. It's probably... You know, five to ten grand in that sort of somewhere. I don't know where it would go, but a lot. Um, I think you have to be smarter if you want to do it now at our level, um, or at Brian's level. Brian spends way more on cards than, than we do, but um, your level, disposable income. Uh, <laughs> but I think you'll have to be a bit smarter with it. I do feel, and I really do feel, for fans who get people who are getting into the hobby who want to collect their top players in next year forget about this year this year's not nuts next year's gonna be absolutely mental mental when when brian gray and leaf are selling a trevor lawrence autographed pro set reproduction to 99 straight away at 750 dollars Like what? What do you? Where do you go from there? And it was sold out within five minutes. Of course it was. Of course it was. But where do you go from there? Seven hundred and fifty dollars straight out the gate. Two ninety nine. Seven hundred and fifty dollars. Trevor Lawrence. Like if you're a Jags fan, and we know a lot of Jags fans. Um, you know, I'm sorry, you Jags fans, but that's just life. Um, but uh, like, where do you go from there if you want? 
Of course you want a Trevor Lawrence auto. Of course you do. But where do you go from there as a collector? That's the only choice that you have, in my view, like I said, is find other ways around it. Group <coughs> group with other Jags collectors and bell into breaks and hopefully you get lucky. So those 99 Trevor Lawrence Pro Set cards that sold out within five minutes, that's $750,000. Cost a couple hundred dollars to produce those cards. If that. They're probably, yeah. But how much are they pay in Trevor Lawrence for his autographs at the moment? Yeah, no, absolutely. Not, probably, I don't know, $100 a time or something, maybe. I can't imagine <clears throat> he'd be on a fortune. It would be interesting to know exactly how much players are paid. There was just a couple of players was it last year came out and said what they were getting paid. Low-end draft picks were getting like four or five bucks an autograph, but going higher up, who knows? But again, it's the gamble. I think that's just dropping back to the amount of sealed wax that is, is being kept of modern products now. When you are spending $1,200 on a box of Prism, when you're spending $700 on a box of Contenders, you probably don't want to rip it. You want to keep it as an investment because if you do rip it, you've got about a 2% chance of making profit on that the price you paid. And the chance of you flaming out and making a massive loss is huge. So that if you do rip it, you've got you're you're basically burning money. Whereas a hundred and fifty dollar box, you didn't mind. You got a few nice cards out, and that's nice. I'll keep those. I'll, I'll trade some of those base cards. I'll get a third of my money back and reinvest it again. Now you're just not going to do it. So, but as as an investment now. As Ryan touched on a few minutes ago, we're going to see some mid-level product drop out that, that we don't think is good. There's there's new stuff coming out now, which I know I'm the oldest here, even though I look a lot younger than Dan. That's, another <laughs> That's true. That is true. But then most people do. <laughs> anyway, there's new stuff coming out that I just don't understand. I don't know if you guys can understand, explain it to me. NBA Top Shot. What the fuck is that about? Online clips that you can go in a massive line to buy and then you own a clip and it's a hundred other people can own that clip as well. About a 30 second video clip. And then uh, other people other people will buy it. But then when it comes to cash out, they won't let you cash out your money. No, no, no. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I've looked into I've looked into it. I've been in a queue to buy the pucks. Um let's start off with right that i don't fucking get it like i i just don't get it this isn't this isn't blockchain blockchain cards or as as somebody um introduced me to there's blockchain art so i can buy a picture on the blockchain um but stuff like that that only I have, and if say I bought a blockchain card, all I've got is a picture of a card. I understand that, but if I didn't fucking show it anybody, nobody's got the picture of the card other than me. So therefore, it's mine, and that's it. But the thing I don't get about these videos is that I can literally go on YouTube and find every clip and just watch it. So uh, th- th- for that factor, 
I don't get it. However, anyone who's listening, get in the queue and buy a pack. You boys, every time they go on sale, get in the queue, get a pack, because it is absolutely bonkers what people will pay for these things. Right, so they released they released some packs um, a couple of weeks back, and within them, there was three. They were a certain type of pack. Let's say dunk pack. I, I, I don't I don't know exactly what they were, but there was three different dunk videos, and each video was numbered to five thousand. Right, with every pack, you were guaranteed one of the three dunks. You then got another two, which are kind of like the base videos thrown in there as well within 15 minutes of these dunks selling out because they did instantly they were then over 200 dollars a video clip the packs were 15 dollars it is literally printing money like if you if you can get hold of them get a pack it is printing money it's bonkers i don't understand why anybody would want them but if people do want them and somebody wants to pay me six hundred dollars i mean zion's got dunks that are numbered down to ten that are selling for fucking six figures you you hit one of them and bob's your uncle like but why somebody wants to pay me like six figures for that video that they can find on youtube i don't know but that's up to them and <laughs> i would i would advise everybody to get involved in nba top shot like I said, when you have an account and you buy cards and you sell it, you're not allowed to cash out. So what do you what do you do with your money then? Your money just is held by whoever owns the rights and stuff. It's a bit of a myth. It's a bit of a myth. I know people who've had who've took money out. I think on Mojo Breaks podcast two weeks ago, I think Doug got a pack and he sold for like fourteen hundred, fifteen hundred dollars or whatever. But they said he was in a queue and he should get approved to withdraw some of his money in the next sixty days or something. Yeah, I mean they're gonna they're gonna do verification checks and what have you on it. But it's been about for <laughs> the issue is now that they're getting a scary amount of signups every day that they can't verify. Um, the the lads at work who um who, who put me onto it pretty early and I was a bit skeptical because it's a video that makes no sense being worth any money. But they've been on it since the beginning. They've pulled money out of it. Um, one of them got in the last pack release. When was the last at work? Um, Sunday. Um, one of them pulled one Saturday night, Sunday morning. Pulled a Luka Doncic layup to 10000 He sold that for $600. And he's took money out of it already. So once you've, once you've verified and everything, you're all good. But again, it's the it's not something physical in your hand. Anyone, like you said, can look on YouTube and find these clips. Yeah, somebody was saying that you, with these with these specific ones, you can put them on your profile on NBA Top Shot. So if you've got one of the ones, the Zion that's <clears throat> ten, that's six figures, you're one of only ten people who's got that on your profile. If you choose to have that and put that there, what you'd then use your profile for, other than getting your willy out and waving it about and going, well, look at my profile and how much money I'm worth. I, d I don't know. Uh, after that, I, d I don't know. You don't own... The one thing I did look into, you don't own the rights to them. So, so 
if it gets played on like ESPN, you don't get a cut of that or anything like that because you own the video. It's, uh, I, I really. <laughs> no, okay. So let me get this right. It's basically blockchain, but not as cringeworthy as Panini have done. So as, well, because the mar- the market pla- it, 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 it's the marketplace that makes it exciting, right? The fact that you, because these are virtual packs, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, I guess you open your virtual pack, you get your, I don't know how many uh, clips or whatever it is, moments, right? Yeah. And then you get to trade them. Can you trade no, them? You sell them. You just sell them. So, yeah, it's just a cryptocurrency, then, isn't it? Yep. But it looks really cool, whereas Panini's blockchain looks shit because, because there's no collecting element. Whereas in this one, there's at least there's a collecting element. Yeah, maybe. But I mean, as I said, I can get my head around Panini blockchain, and I can get my head around Panini art, uh, Panini art, excuse me, blockchain oh. art. In that, if if I'm the person that owns it and I've got it on my computer and I choose to show it to you or I, I choose not to show it to you, it's just mine. If I bought a Panini blockchain one of one and then they were releasing 94 other of the Panini blockchain one of ones and 95 people had got them, that would be crap. And then if I could go on wherever and, and flick through them and, and nose at them and look at them on, on another website, that would be even worse. Whereas with this, like I say, the, the, all these special plays have been aired on ESPN Sports Center all night from the night they happened for twelve hours after they happened, and you know, and they probably still get aired at the end of the season, and everybody's seen them. Yeah, People yeah. have seen all these. But these what's the what's like. the yeah? But what's the difference between having a base card of a player, physical base card, which is just a photograph of a player? With no auto on it, than what these guys are doing, but electronically. You don't own just because you might have a one of one of a your Derek Cheater, whatever. Probably a really bad example. God knows what that would go for. Um, but you don't own that picture. It's just a card that says one of one of a picture, and that's what these are. These are just yeah. these are just videos. You don't own the video. It's just a collectible marketplace. It's a cryptocurrency. Um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I think I think that's I think the way you've just described it as a cryptocurrency is a really good way of describing it. And as I say, it's not for me to tell people how to spend the money. So if somebody wants to go and spend six figures on a, a Zion Williamson video on NBA Top Shot, <laughs> be my guest. And if I get the chance at pulling one, I'm going to get in a queue and try and pull one for the sake of fifteen dollars because that really is no money for the gamble. Um they're not for me I wouldn't I don't want to own them I literally I'm literally going to join that queue every time packs go on sale with the hope that I pull LeBron one-on-one shooting from the halfway line or something you know whatever Um, that's all I'm doing it for it does feel that's that's all anybody's doing it for that's what I'm saying it's like literally that is the that is that that is the USP 
is that you will never own anything, you will never physically have anything, but you can buy a pack, an electronic pack, you can open it up and you can sell it instantly in a marketplace. Who is who is the person, though, who is, who is doing the buying in the market? Investors. Yeah, but what are you investing in? Crypto, crypto investors. Well, but, uh, uh... Yeah, I know what you mean. <clears throat> yeah, so like you know, if you 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 might you might say, well, I've just pulled a whatever a LeBron, right? I, I have no fuck all about basketball. <laughs> like, if this was football, I'd be well on it, but it's basketball. You're gonna get you're gonna get in the queue, though, aren't you? Next time we go on sale. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> asking you to sign up to Dapper, and then I worked out that Dapper's shut, and that's the bit that won't let you take your money out. Um, <clears throat> So, and it's all in beta, which doesn't sound good to me, particularly if you spent a lot of money in there and you can't get your money uh, back. But it it just sounds more exciting than Panini blockchain. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 it is, I suppose. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you get to watch decent 30-second basketball plays. If you like basketball, then... No, 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 no. Forget about place, it. It's a cool place to hang out, do you know what I mean? Forget watch, about watch the product. Basketball. Forget about the product. That's my point. Forget about the product. Forget about what it is. It's about the marketplace. That's what it's all about. Don't care if it's videos or whatever it is. Not bothered. If somebody wants to... That's what it is about. It's not about having that video or watching that video. Shit. What what videos have I got in my pack? You know, well, that was good. That was shit. Like, it's... Ryan's... It's not about that. Well, Ryan's compared it to, to cryptocurrency. And I asked a question of you guys three, four weeks ago. What do you guys know about cryptocurrency for investing and stuff? And, and none of us done. I think Dan said that he knows sod all about it, but guys at work said he should really get involved with it and start investing. Now, I have dabbled in it three weeks ago. I invested only 50 quid. <laughs> I hate to add not something stupid in there. And it's, it's a roller coaster watching it every day. I've got my, my portfolio on Coinbase. I bought, um, I didn't buy Bitcoin because that was, what was it, about £35,000 for, for one coin and stuff. I bought a currency which was extremely low, which was started off at one, less than 1p, I think it was like last August time. I bought 250 coins of this currency, it's called Manor or something, uh, at 20 pence because I like the logo. <laughs> that's the way to invest boys it's like just picking your grand picking out a horse in the grand national because she likes the jockey's colors uh so 50 quid i invested 250 coins 20 pence a time that was three weeks ago my portfolio went up and down like a roller coaster at one point my 50 quid was worth about 27 quid it's currently standing at 89 quid because it's gone up to about 38p uh, per coin now that's something nice to watch. I think I'm probably gonna gonna chuck fifty quid a month in and see what happens with it because there there are some currencies on there. There's only about thirty. There's hundreds of currencies, but there's about thirty currencies on there you can trade with Coinbase. You have to get a verified picture of your driving license and all that sort of malarkey. There are currencies on there now that the coins are worth fifteen, twenty quid per coin, and a year ago they were worth about nine pence. So if you just, if I just let my my mana coin, whatever they are at the moment, just fly from twenty pence 
250 of those. If that went up to like 20 quid a pop, then it'd be an extremely good outcome from that. I don't understand it, but it is, it's just a little bit, it's just roulette. It doesn't, it's a bit of fun. Yeah, it's a bit of fun. I tried to read up and Googled what this coin was, and it said you could spend it on this and that through this virtual network. I haven't got a clue, mate. I haven't got a clue. I'm not a technophobe. You know what I mean? I'm quite well up for, uh, for, for what I am and stuff. I understand all computerized stuff and, and shit like that, you know? Yeah, you still use the you use your Amstrad to record. Yeah, Amstrad. Get the Atari out for a game of, yeah. of uh, Pac-Man and stuff like that. Bit of Pong. I use, I, oh, yeah, Pong. Great game. Grandstand game. I use the, the, the scan to shop thing in Waitrose as well. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's all good ahead of the time. I, I think it, we've probably hit the nail on the head in saying that it's a bit of fun. And, you know, that's that's the way that the, the lads at work are quite heavily into this cryptocurrency nonsense um but obviously i I work in the gambling industry um we all like punt (laughs) it just kind of goes with the territory um but a lot of them are seeing it as a a more fun way to gamble than actually gambling because uh, obviously us working in the industry we work in we have problems getting bets on and, and what have you um because they don't like people that know stuff from from betting with them so therefore there is no restrictions in in having a cheeky flutter on the on the cryptos for a day and then point it out at night and seeing how much you've made or whatever and you just, just sit there all day and watch a little watch a little green dots and the red dots and 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 what have you tick about which like you said i suppose this is that is nba top shot and what i'm saying all Jeez. i'm saying is is i think if you take the sort of like I can't believe we're going to say this, but if you take the sort of like Gary V lessons, you know, is don't invest in something you don't know anything about. Market research it, find all about it. I know F4 about NBA, but I'm telling you this thing looks good. But I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it because I know I'm not going to do it because I have like literally no idea about it. But I'm telling you what, if this was football or maybe baseball, which I'm starting still learning, I'd be all over it, all over it. Every you can't see them being far behind. Every day of the week. because uh, you, you can't see them not doing it. Because it's like I said, it's setting. completely different to what Panini did with, with, with a blockchain-type cryptocurrency hobby product, which was basically, we're going to try and flog you something for like $100,000 or $20,000 because it's a Peyton Manning 101 or Pat, Pat Mahomes 101. And there just weren't enough sales. There aren't enough sales. There's no no product to keep generating because they basically anybody that bought at those prices when it first came out have just lost all their money. Whereas this is slightly different. This brings the gambling element into it. Let's get it right. Collecting or opening cards, packs and boxes is gambling, kids. It's gambling. All right? Would and this brings NBA that element Top into Shop. it. Would NBA Top Shop be such a hit? If, as Dan said, it's fifteen dollars a pack. If they'd have put it out there, one hundred and fifty dollars a pack, would you still have the same amount of people investing to start with? No. I'd say no. no, no, no. And that's what blocked. That's what Panini blockchain. That's what Panini did. They screwed themselves straight away, <coughs> right off the bat, because they aimed it to such a small group of people who could afford those. those that, 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 like you know, spending. I oh, know. Yeah, I'll spend uh, forty grand on a. Uh, a 
Patrick Mahomes one of one electronic card that I'll never own. Like they they put it they, they basically just basically said to everybody else like in 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 the hobby, go away. You can't afford this shit because you don't and, and then blamed them because you don't understand how it works. Whereas this is completely different. Can you imagine kids if you had this a uh, Pokemon or um, whatever <laughs> cards kids do that. <laughs> shit um, my daughter's going to get to that age very soon right where they had it on their app and they were exchanging it and marking its places in it and all that kind of stuff on the app whereas when we were at school it was like you get your pro set English league in the playground it's going to be kids on mobile phones and this is just a like I said this is just a, a level above that where there's several elements of it. There's the hobby ele- element of it, which there will be people who genuinely want to collect their videos. There's the gambling a- aspect of it that you can buy, like Dan says, a pack for $20 or whatever it is, and you could pull something that people actually might want and pay money for. And then there's literally the investment crypto part of it, which is probably <laughs> why there's so many people doing it. But because they set those, you're actually spot on, Brian, because because they've set that an affordable level in it it's going to get more people involved in it and that's what you need in a marketplace you need more people involved they've actually been really clever as well in that they've set it at 15 dollars, which has caused a, a massive stir anyway because everybody can be involved they've then said you get one pack you don't get you can't buy 10 you just buy you you go in a, you go in the queue and you get one pack and that's it the queuing system isn't first come first serve, so you can't get a bot. So it opens five minutes before they go on sale. So if they go on sale at midnight our time, it opens at five to midnight. You get in the you get in the queue. Come midnight, everybody who's in the queue just gets randomly assigned a spot, and then it works through the list while those people either buy the pack or don't buy the pack, and it just keeps going until until they're sold out. But you get in hundreds of thousands of people sat in these rooms open that they get open that they get apart they've, they've absolutely nailed it just just nailed it completely and utterly. and like i said i've already signed up so that's um that's <laughs> um i just got to work out this dapper i'll let thing. you know when the next lease is. <laughs> right, i got to work out what this dapper thing is now once we've got that sorted we're good so what price point should i enter the market when i release Brian's Tinder Top Shop 30 second video clips. <laughs> <laughs> you boys have seen a few posts over the last few years. If you could do a montage to start with, um, you know. Be like they're, an, they're, an only fans of MILFs. Yeah, <laughs> you could probably make a couple of quid. That's all I'm saying. A couple of quid? Look, mate, come on. There's some decent ones amongst them. But anyway. Let's not talk Probably. about the bed sheet pick, yeah? That's, that's one that's after. <laughs> out of bounds. Uh, that's, that's, that's a one of one. Calendar. That's a one of one. <laughs> yeah. One of one, disgusting. Yeah. Okay, anyway, we'll stop we'll, there. Yeah, yeah. I'll serve that. Yeah. A few people listening will know exactly what I'm talking about as well. Yeah. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> right, sip the water, calm yourselves down after that. So one final thing I was going to ask Dan about this NBA Top Shot is how many packs they release in one go? So um, Saturday night into Sunday morning was 80,000. 80,000 at $15. 80,000, yep. 
and then there was it it, it it was full it just like cut your fingers there was there was enough people more than the eighty thousand, and uh, people were still going on so on forums i, I was reading reading people posting and going like at, at, at five past the time going oh fuck i've missed it i've joined the queue um i'm already hundred and twenty thousand. sack it off just leave the queue. Uh, people were were still gonna go and try and, and trying and trying to to get in the queue and and whatnot. But yeah, released eighty thousand packs and just sold them all. So they've just taken in near enough. Was it one point four million dollars for releasing thirty second video clips that you can download on YouTube? Yep. Fuck More power to them. More power to them, <laughs> eh? <clears throat> There's a market for everything. I think my Tinder top trumps stained bedsheet set is going to be releasing just in time for Christmas. Not one for the kids. <clears throat> well, the adult market. As Ryan said, it's a niche market, but there'll be people out there that'll be interested in buying that. So, right, let's move on away from that uh, shit. Literally was as well. But Project 2020 came to an end last year. We all got sucked in. Um, Bought quite a lot. 20 artists, 20 of the same cards each. Uh, Tops then decided to inform us they were doing Project 70. Uh, Dan, what is the premise between behind even Project 70? I, 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 I don't know. Because I thought it was 70 artists. Was That was my take on 70 artists, didn't it? And then there's only 51 artists. Uh, and so I, I don't know. I don't even know why it's called Project Seventy. Um, however, it's it's it follows on from Project Twenty Twenty beautifully. Um, it's opened up because there's fifty one artists. It's opened up the room to a, a multitude of people who are, are making some really really good art. In fairness, you know some of the some of the cards coming out are are superb. Um, one of my friends made their very first card purchase on um, Sunday and bought the uh, Akuna Junior with like the is it the, like got the Joker mouth? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one but people got nuts that was for. Fir- yeah, that was the first card they've ever bought <laughs> in their life because they've seen it and just gone, "Oh, that's ace! I love that! Right, I'm having that!" <laughs> um, you know, and that's that's kind of what it's what it's what it's opened it up to. Out of the 51 artists, are all the the 2020 artists involved, or is it just some of them? Um, it's not all of them, but there's quite a quite majority of them are involved in the new one. Yeah, and obviously we've seen that a lot of the cards, there's, there's, you can just pick whatever card you want, a lot of the cards that have come out so far are Yankees and LA Dodgers cards, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the big market, yes. which is... <laughs> Which me and uh, me and me and Ryan find extremely funny. The fact that it's it's kind of bankrupting Dan a little bit. Yeah, it literally <laughs> is. Bank- I, I don't I don't think he really should be getting into any crypto hobby co- currencies, considering <sighs> the amount of layout. And also, like I said, you know, um, the, like it was another one today. I, I'm pretty yeah. much, you know, expecting a few, quite a lot. And then we, I like I said, look, Lauren Taylor's come out and said. Yep, my first two cards of Yankees. So yeah. um, 
yeah, it's going to be it'd be a fun time for you, Dan. Like, you might have to, I don't know, squeeze it a little bit. The one, the one interesting take on it is that, uh, and we all probably knew this would happen. So, Project 2020, 20, 20 cards or 20 players, 20 artists, 400 cards, right? And we talked about putting the whole set together mm. and how much that was going to take. Now, so we've got 51 artists, 20 mm. cards, and we got a thousand, I think I did the math, a thousand and ten cards across the set. So never going to happen. You're never ever going to put the full set together unless unless you're worth a lot of money. But what it has led to for me straight away is very very interesting print runs. Yes. Right. And and there isn't there isn't many Yankees cards last time out, and there was only three of them, three different players. But there isn't many of those cards that went down to 2000 print runs. You know, there is the odd one from the early, very early stages when nobody knew about it that are under that. But after that fact, uh, hardly any cards went down that low. And already we've got cards in the 1400s. The, the, the uh, Clemens card was only two and a half thousand, mm. you know? So it is, it's interesting what that'll do to the, to the sort of future values. And that's, it's making me want to stick at it a little bit more thinking that, Perhaps there's the one there that drops to like a thousand, just under a thousand, and I'm away with the mixer. They've been quite good at getting the cards out almost instantly. We know that yeah. there was huge delays in getting the 2020 cards out. People were waiting three, four months of cards. I've had two cards delivered within a week of ordering them, uh, two Griffey cards. I think the third card that I've ordered today was the uh, Randy Johnson card, which we liked as well. And have you guys been looking at the secondary market for, for the price of these cards? Because obviously they're they're twenty dollars if you buy them from Tops. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Is the Tatis, uh, Tatis card? Um, I think he's only had one, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, is forty dollars? And it wasn't so particularly low paid. print run either. It wasn't particularly low print run. It wasn't. It didn't get fifteen hundred or two thousand. It, it it got a pretty high print run that one, and it's selling forty dollars. They do seem to be holding better prices on the secondary market. Um, and I'm just I'm not quite worked out why yet. <laughs> but they are holding a little bit better. Um, and I don't know whether that's because cards come out and people will sort of automatically go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to collect this because I already collected Project 2020, right? And then somebody goes and sees how cool a card is because they are different artists and very different takes and they're different players, obviously. They, they can pretty much have any player that they want. Um, and like the Akuna, And it's kind of like, oh, I've missed out on that. <clears throat> so I need to go into the secondary market. And it seems to be fueling a better value in the secondary market. I, that's, I don't know yet, but that, that seems to be where, it, where it's headed. Surely these cards will hold their price to start because it is brand new. And we're up to card, what, we three weeks into this now? Mm-hmm. About card 80. Once we get to card 656, yes. then the market's going to be so flooded that you'll be picking these up for 5 or $6 a time. Like you, you can still do with, with the Griffey Shores from Project 2020. Yeah. I would disagree so, there, though, in that, in that they're not going to have the print runs. The, the Griffey Shaw you can pick up for five. 
five dollars a card because it's got an eighty thousand print run. You know, these are these these are already below two thousand. The print runs just aren't there, so therefore, surely they're gonna they're gonna hold. I mean, the most expensive card from Project Twenty Twenty's got what is 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 it the Rivera? Um, is that the lowest print run one? Um, yeah, it might be fourteen hundred or something like that, and that's that's like four hundred dollars. But these are already at at the print run of. 1400 now so when we, we get to are card we hitting 600, it well when we get to card 600 out of the thousand you've already got people who've got bored for one hmm. so therefore are we getting sub thousand hmm. print runs on these and then then you're talking there's your real money but the real money comes from people that want to collect an entire set of one artist and tops are doing, aren't they? That if you buy the card from every card that one artist has released, they at the end of that print run, they know that you've bought every artist card from that, and you get a framed print or something at the end of that. Mm-hmm. With the 2020 400 card set was just about attainable to get if you had a little bit of coin. You didn't have to be a millionaire; you needed a little bit of disposable income, but that was. But I can't see many people going the full 1100 cards on this because that's a big investment. How you can display it anyway? You know, it's, it's like 1100 cards. That's that's insane. Obviously, there's the bulk buying discount. What was it for three cards? Is it $50 or something? If you buy the three pack? Yeah, 49.99 for the three pack rather than $20 yeah, a card. Bucks. So it's $10 off. Yeah. But they're doing that. Well, that's $250 a week. It's $1,000 a month, really. People have learned and the that, lesson, though, as well, haven't they? People have learned, like, yeah. these, the people that have gone, oh, I'm going to buy 400 of them because, <laughs> you know, there's a Griffey that sold for $500, so I'm going to buy 400 of that card, and then that one will sell for five. They'll all sell for $500. Like, that's not happening. The resellers aren't, aren't just, are not getting involved because it will happen, though, that if if the way I see it going and the print runs drop below a thousand, then the resellers are all going to jump back in again. You get it. It's probably going to. We we thought it happened with um, Project Twenty Twenty, but it probably didn't go long enough that you could have. You had the massive spike for the for the Shaw Griffey, where everybody just bought hundreds and hundreds of the things, and then it, and then it tailed off. But it never really ramp back up again did it you know no. the resellers never really got into that extent but this could have so many peaks and troughs that like because they will get involved if we do get sub thousand cards that are then selling for five hundred dollars then they will get back involved again and you know ruin it for ruin the values of the of the next couple of weeks worth of cards for the rest of us but but but, but you're yeah. not getting into it necessarily you like for me, like you're buying the card because you really like the card, right? A, you, you're collecting a player or team. B, you really like the card. C, you're secretly praying that the PR is going to be really low because it might actually be worth something. <laughs> but you're not necessarily yeah. doing it to invest in it necessarily. No, but people people w- will do that though, won't they? Yes. At some point. And then we saw the have... huge drop-off come after about 200 cards of 2020. Yeah. of people dropping out of the hobby of collecting that thing. They said, 
we've had enough now. Not doing it. Who wants to buy this? Who wants to buy that? Start the bidding at hundred dollars for these cards, ninety dollars, eighty dollars, seventy dollars. In the end, people were taking face value for cards that that a month previously had been selling for two, three hundred dollars just to get their money back. To invest in thirty second clips of, of dunks and God knows what. <laughs> I'm there. Yeah. Which is exactly, yeah. Whereas <laughs> I invest in cryptocurrency or in Tic Tacs. And I would have invested in the Milano Salami and uh, Waitrose, but they're out today, so I've got to go to a different branch tomorrow. So, <laughs> how exciting the life is, eh? I will say, prop like you said, though, Brian, props to uh, props to Tops for getting them out so quick this time. Yeah, I've had I've had my first three delivered to uh, GI. So there should be two. There should be some more waiting. I mean, on Friday when I get my next cut pictures. So yeah, they've been pretty good, definitely. Mm. Well, we've been going now about hour, hour and 15, hour and 20 minutes. We, we can still carry on. It'll be a, a long episode for people to listen to, but since we appear about as often as Hallie's comment, then it's, it's probably not a bad thing. Mm. Let's want to move this on to uh, card grading. Now, most podcasts have covered this, but as we saw, PSA have now been taken over by uh, private companies. Natan, the guy that is the main investor there now, they've basically doubled their prices to stop well, to try and put an end to to people sending in hundreds of cards each day that are $10 cards to turn into $50 cards. And we've got a new player in HGA who, who joined the market. Guys, what do we think about the uh, PSA price increase and the new player? Let's start with you, Ryan. Well, the PSA pretty much had two options, didn't they? They can either close the facility and catch up, which is pretty, pretty, <clears throat> pretty drastic, um, and... Uh, not a great business model. Uh, you're pretty much turning people off into potentially your rivals. Um, and that wasn't an option. Their only option is the model that they've pretty much always done, which is we're going to restructure our pricing in the hope that we don't get tons and tons of shit for our door. Because quite frankly, that's what they're getting. Um, if you've got a high end card that you want to get graded because it's going to be worth some serious money you're paying the top dollar and you're getting your card back in the five day return or whatever it was but it's the tons and tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of shit that people are sending them to get graded on the off chance they might get a PSA 10 and it might be worth a hundred dollars rather than three dollars ungraded um and that's what they need to get through that backlog. And the only way of doing that is to increase their prices. That, like I just said, it's not. There's no other business model that they can come up with. Um, <clears throat> and that is the hobby, kind of the hobby eating itself a little bit. And if there were creaks a little bit within this bubble, I think it's the creaks within the grading market, um, and it's been caused by the fact that the. That, that graders weren't prepared for this boom. They just weren't prepared for it. And then they weren't prepared for the amount of people out there who wanted to get their cards graded. And like I said, because quite frankly, they're getting uh, millions and millions of cards that are absolute tat to get graded. Um, and that's what that's what they've got to get through. I think PSA said they've taken on, is it about 170 members of staff since September last year? So that will probably help. Dan, the new HGA companies, call them Hybrid Grading Association or whatever. Um, what do you think of, of them? 
do you like that the slabs are coming out with? I know a lot of people are Such saying cool. every card is, is basically guaranteed a 9.5. But <laughs> Which isn't true, is it? Because um, no. I've seen I've seen plenty of eights, I've seen plenty of nines. Um, uh, the slabs are nice. It's a nice idea. The 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 ten gem mints absolutely vile slab. So just get that in a plain slab and and don't make me have that horrible looking thing. Um, their idea is superb. If and if it works and it takes off, computers grading cards is a far better idea than me grading cards. I could grade cards today and get them all bang on and me tens of tens and me nines and nines and, and whatever else. However, if I graded cards the day after me works Christmas do, there might be a few sevens that become a ten or, or, or whatever. Taking that human element out of uh, that, that human opinion out of grading cards is the best idea ever if it works they'll overtake PSA and BGS for me but we'll, we'll wait and, we'll wait and see on that <laughs> I'm not I'm, I'm, whoever comes to the market I think we've had this conversation but whoever's the first player to come to the market with 100% computer grading that works every time wins and the others can be forgotten about um, just coming back to the, the the PSA thing, it's had a, the fact that they've doubled the prices has had a nice knock on for collectors as well. In that secondary market prices of uh, of rose as well. So um, PSA nines were very often not far much above what the raw cards were due to the fact that Beckett do a nine point five. So you could if you couldn't get a ten. You can get a nine point five, it's still better than the nine. Therefore, th- there wasn't the, the massive increase. But PSA nines have had a knock, so they've they've gone up, which you know, good thing on the secondary market as well. I think the guy behind HGA was on a uh, podcast with Brady Culture about six weeks ago. I think that's when I first heard of them. I'll forward it on to you guys to listen to. Was, guy was extremely honest, extremely upfront about what they were doing. He said, "Yeah, we're small to start with. I'm sure we'll make some mistakes." But he went through it and explained the process that they went through. And that's you won't get PSA or, or Beckett's really letting you pick behind the curtain because then other people will come in and try and take over that business model. So it is going to be an interesting thing to watch and see how it works out. If they can grade the surface properly, because uh, there's so much, as we've seen before, that there's, there's cards coming back that. Are, that pristine tens that people are saying, well, look at that, that's, that's like an eight. So, as Dan said, it's but, the human eye should possibly look over <clears throat> what a computer's done to make sure there's no massive flaws. But, but, isn't, there, but the, isn't there a bit, a bit of snob? Isn't there, we know it is because we are, let's get right, there's a huge <laughs> amount of snobbery in the hobby. Like, it's people who are actively like, I don't want this to work. I want my PSA. Or I want my BGS. No, I'm not convinced yet, but I, I'm just not. Maybe I've got to get with the times a little bit but uh, and go with it. And some of the slabs look really good and some of them look a bit shit. But 
there's quite a lot of snobbery about it. People slagging them off and doing this and that. I agree with you that maybe you, 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 this should be maybe a little look or something like that. There should be a little bit of human element in it to, but that's about quality control, right? So that's 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 a part of their business model that they can improve on. It's not, but I just think there's a lot of snobbery out there. Um, I, I agree with Dan. As soon as somebody can say, "Yep, yeah, this computer can do it," bang, there you go. That's how it's going to be done in the future. The, 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 what's it is that, that they've only just come up with this computer that grades cards. So 10 gem mints are sneaking through the system because that should be eight because the computer isn't picking up the surface for which a human would have done. The only way though, they're going to fix that is by allowing that to happen and then go, Oh shit, we should have fixed. We need to fix that. And then change the computer, change the algorithms or whatever it is, whatever it does, change the scanners. I don't know how to do it. Um, change that stuff, fix it, and then the computer wins again anyway. So it's kind of that's got to happen in order for it for it to get better and get more computers. And that's got to happen with whatever company decides to take on this whole computer grading thing. You know, it's going to be. It's, it's not just a not because it's HGA. It's, if PSA said we're right, we're grading by a computer now, they're going to have the same teething issues. And they might have got in at a very good time. Because it was SGC back in the summer that were it was SGC that were um, advertising. We get your cars back. We'll grade you this, that, and the other. And they seem to become flavor of the month until after a couple of weeks they realized that they couldn't cope and they were their uh, seven day guaranteed turnaround grading service was turning into about 87 day <laughs> which again if your usp is that the fact that you'll get cards back straight away because people want to flip them and you can't do that and you find that you're even more behind the eight ball than the other two big companies were then that's your usp gone I think it, a good selling point that HGA have got is they're actually limiting the net amount of cards that are coming in. They open up once a week, and once they've hit, there's about twelve, thirteen hundred card limit. No more. You can't do it. Yeah, it, it's a limit once a week of twelve, thirteen hundred cards that they allow in, and that's it. If you miss that, tough. You have to wait for the next week and, and then go again. I think that that's probably preferable to everyone just throwing a load of shit into a box sent off to PSA and then moaning that my card's still not being registered down when even before PSA announced that they were doubling the prices, their economy service, they were, it was, was a turnaround of, of uh, 50 weeks, which is a year. And does it does it, does it also maybe make, I don't know whether you, Brian, I mean, I'd, I'd be tempted to get something graded by them to see what it looked like, do you know what I mean? Because it could look really nice and add to your collection. Um, and then maybe, like I said, you might get lucky and the company does take off. They become a bit of a standard bearer in five, six years. And maybe that card maybe might be worth a bit, a couple of quid. Um, but is it is it the antithesis of, or could be, of, of group grading? Which there's a lot of scepticism in the hobby about. Not knocking anybody out there that does it or is involved in companies that do do it, but there's a lot of scepticism about group grading in, in the hobby. If it's easier and cheaper with other, with somebody that could be genuine in the market, then 
you as an individual actually might have access to be able to get it done. Yeah, it's... I do like the HGA slabs. I think they look good quality. Mm. I like... You can choose your colour. <laughs> I, I would like it. I If I lived in the States, I probably would. But then we've had this discussion many times before about where we are living over in England. Uh, there's too many people in like the UK groups that we know that, that complain that we can't get this grade for that. If you want to invest and make money as a hobby as someone that's in the UK, you can't do the quick flips because it can't be done. Because you don't have access to the market quick enough. Yeah. You don't have, yeah, exactly. You can't you can't turn it over and flip no. it straight away. People no. aren't interested in you sending in a, oh, it'll be with you in 10 days' time. No. People are interested in that. It, it can't be done. No. You've got to go the long haul, which is sealed wax or baseball's more the long haul, like we've, mm-hmm. we've said previously. Baseball, the investments. I think you guys remember about two years ago, I bought uh, bought three, ended up buying three of the PSA 10s of Julio Rodriguez. Mm-hmm who's now the number four ranked prospect in all of baseball. Probably not even going to be called up to the big leagues this year, probably next year, but he seems like the one of the shining lights of the future of Seattle. Uh, I got three of his, his PSA 10s, $100 all in, so that's $33 a card. Now those cards are selling, uh, single cards are selling for between 190 and 220 a card before he's even made it. So there is a little bit of money to be made there. That's long-term investment. Yeah, and it's it's a completely different game, and it's why the top end of baseball is so much higher than it is in football, because you can do long-term prospecting. So when you actually get there, those car prices are going to be higher because they're more desirable. Of course. If he comes in in two years' time and has a decent season and he gets selected to an all-star game, my $33 will suddenly be worth $833, $933, $833, $933, going up, going up, going up. At that stage, I'll probably let one go. Keep the Interesting others. Interesting one for you. And it's going to bring it back full circle for the conversation we've had. Do we think we'll ever see football and basketball go down the baseball product route? So what I mean by that is, for as long as we've, as long as we've had this podcast, we've talked about um, how in baseball people collect differently it's not about the auto it's about the short print it's about the rookie card um, do we think we'll ever see a product like top series one that doesn't have a guaranteed hitting as a way of appeasing possibly the collector's market because top series one it's it sold out, but Top sold it at seventy dollars a box direct. Um, I tried to get some and missed it. It's still only one hundred and forty dollars. It isn't eye watering like what you see in basketball and football. So it's still accessible, and you've, you you you've still got as much chance at the super short print in the one box as you have. That's that obviously that's the gamble, but you, you've still got the chance. Do we think we'll ever see that in football and basketball? Yeah, I think we're seeing it now. I think we're already oh, there. Are we though? Because everything's still got a hit. And the hit is still what's factoring the price. What I'm talking about is the price of blasters and hybrids and yeah, cellos. Yeah. We get, we're, um, we're nearly there. We, we, yeah. we, we are nearly there. And, you know, they're doing some funky things with Select this year. You know, it's going to be about 20 million versions of Select. We're getting yeah. close to it, Dan. 
I, I wouldn't. I, I, I we're probably going to end up with a non-hit product next season. With that close to it, if you're paying eighty to a hundred dollars on the blaster, which we all think's effing ridiculous, but if we're getting to that point, then surely we're getting close to the point where we're going to end up having a non-hit product. I'm not not opposed to it either. No, no. If it's a nice, if it's a nice product, yeah. You know, um, a non-hit card can become a hit card if a player plays well. And that's what you get in football and basketball because players that are drafted, they go straight into the league and they're day one starters. Day one. Whereas baseball, it's five, six years. When your first card comes out, you're probably not going to play in the big leagues for four or five years. In the NFL, you're playing the next game in four months' time after draft. NBA, the same thing. Yep. And you've yeah. only, and the other thing is, is I suppose, like you know, obviously, like, I'm learning the game of baseball, uh, not, but and I don't, I know f all about about NBA. But the the other issue is, is that whilst you can get in at certain levels on certain players in football, and like I said, over the next few months, that's exactly what I'll be doing. I'll be going over my list, checking it twice. Um, the, these are the players: DK Metcalf, Chase Cooper. I knew that they were going to come into the league and be flash, flash. Um, as long as, because the numbers that I put together said they would be because they the type of players they are. So if you can get in at those places, brilliant. But it's quarterbacks. The kind of money that we're talking really that's driving the hobby. It's not. It's not wide receivers. It's not running backs. It's quarterbacks. And to but we've discussed it a million times already. Uh, what are you? what are you trying to do here for next season when you've got all these quarterbacks that are just going to be commanding ridiculous prices before we even get out of bat $750 for a pro set reprint for Trevor Lawrence Auto. What was Justin Fields? Was it 350 300 the, the more interesting one off the back of that was Patrick Mahomes is only <coughs> 800 on a similar... Not It wasn't... It isn't a, it isn't a reprint like that, but a leaf card autograph rookie season Patrick Mahomes eight hundred dollars. It's a it's a staggering statement to say that. I know he's he's good, but it's a staggering statement to say that he's, he's why, already at seven hundred. That's why I want. That's why you know before we go, <coughs> that's why I want to depress everybody that's listening to this. You think it's bad now? These high prices. You think that these high prices are. Um, Ridiculous and people chasing the Herbert or the Burrow or Tour or whatever. You think it's really bad, man? <laughs> you have no idea what you're going to be in for post draft. It's going to be sure. insane. Surely selling these pro set autographs as buy now, buy your hit card, buy this autograph numbered card, surely that's going to kill part of the hobby because. There's no chase. If you can just buy it, there's no chase there, is there? Out of, well, we had a few episodes ago where I opened that pack of crap in any football and pulled out that uh, Mahomes insert, which sold for well, the equivalent of like 300 about $420 or something. Probably gone for about $600 now, but that's it's not a big thing. <clears throat> that's come out of a $4 pack. That's just unexpected. Oh, look at that. That's nice. 
you're complete, completely limiting the market to people that can can actually get something out of that. Yeah, but we boys, what we talk about here, <coughs> all three of us have just dumped a lot of money into cards that uh, you know we wanted to collect because of the artistry of it, because of the players of it. We didn't get those cards in a box break or buy a box or whatever. We got them in an online release. Yeah, we've got them in an online release to fit into our PCs to keep. Correct. And if they get a bit of value, that's all good. How many of the 99 Trevor Lawrence cards do you think we will see on eBay within the next six weeks? I'd imagine if, 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 if... People can get them to PSA, <coughs> PSA or BGS quick enough. They'll they'll be on eBay quick enough straight after. How many? How quick do you think these hundred cards would sold out if Leaf had said these uh, these are the cards? This will be sold for seventy five dollars each, uh, but they are not allowed to be sold on eBay for the next two years. There's a contract there. Not, not many. <laughs> no. Not many because you'd have bought you'd have bought a Patrick Mahomes, wouldn't you? This is Trevor Lawrence's first autograph. Well, it's not because you had Leaf Army. Yeah, but yeah, but first autograph of his kind of like draft release season sort of thing. Yeah, I know, but it still doesn't make it worth any more money, does it? At the end of the day, at the end of the day, I don't care that it's number two ninety nine. I don't care that it's a blast from the past. Still, just a Leaf autograph with no, um, you know, it's not official. There's no college badge. There's no, <coughs> you know, it's 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 still, and I like Leaf, but it's still crap in it. That's where it is. That's why that, that like Patrick Mahomes autos aren't eight hundred dollars. They are on they are Leaf autos are eight hundred dollars, but and there's a reason for that because it's it's just a real low end product at the end of the day. So, so I'll leave you with it. Doesn't. Th- Go on, go on. I'll leave you with this, though. And I agree with you like a million one percent. I think we're all in agreement anyway here on that. Tyson Beck, one of the artists from Project 2020, is going to release two artist cards for NFL draft prospects. One before the draft and one after the draft. Now, the one before the draft, I'm pretty sure is going to be Trevor Lawrence, right? And then I think he'll probably go with whoever comes to, whether it's Zach Wilson or, or whether it's Justin Fields. That's probably what's going to happen. Is that slightly different? Would you get in on that a little bit? Because no. it's a nicer looking card, even though it's unlicensed. No, I don't. I don't know because it's a piece of art, isn't it? I get it, PC, but yeah. it's not. It's not my thing. If the Seahawks trade Russell Wilson, which is starting to look even more likely every day. We ain't got enough time for that uh, one. No, no, but if they do, they do. It's not the end of the world, is it? You know what I mean? So we're nowhere near a Super Bowl winning team as we are now. Personally, I would do it and I'd tear down the team and I'd build up for two, three years again. But like I said, we've been going long enough without me whinging about that. If they manage to trade him, he's got a no trade clause, so it won't happen, to the Jets. And they got the number two pick and about another six or seven picks along with that again. And they drafted... Justin Fields train on some then yeah I'd buy the artwork card of him because it fit into my PC because he's a Seahawks quarterback I've got Stan Gelbar and Dan Maguire cards here and Kelly Stoffer cards which are worth absolutely zero 
on the market. But as we said before, I get more joy from flicking through my 80s and 90s folder, looking through, go, oh, look at that, this guy, that, and the other. It's getting to the stage now where you're looking at, at those old star players. He's dead, he's dead, he's dead, which ain't a great, great place to be. But I get just as much enjoyment from looking at those old cards, which I bought from the guy that used to run a store up in Houston back in the late 80s and stuff. Than I do from going through my, my DK collection, which is worth a lot, and even my, my Russell Wilson cards, which are obviously people go, Oh, but look at the hobby now. You've your card, yeah, the, the $500 card I bought three years ago is now worth 3000 But it's not going to be me that sells it. It's going to be, as we said before, whoever finds me dead on the bathroom floor in about 35 years' time, it'll be them that sells it. And I touched on earlier as well, before the show, Carson Wentz. Now he's been traded away from the Eagles to the Colts. His prices seem to have come down to the level that the hobby was at two or three years ago, which is a decent price. You can get his contenders, Rookie Auto, BGS 95, $350. To me, that's, that's, a nice, that's a nice price I wouldn't mind paying if he was been a quarterback for my team. I would pay that for one of his cards. But we're looking at, was it, how much for those Justin Herbert? Not the, not the one-on-one uh, Immaculate Shield that, that went, there was like his contenders, uh, was it his one-on-one that went for like $120,000? Yeah, $120,000, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But then you've got his non-numbered contenders autos. They're going for about $12,000 a time. That's, that's just purely investment piece. You, you can't blame anyone that hits one, gets it graded, selling it, because in certain states out in the USA, you can buy yourself a really nice house for $100,000. You could buy a shed in Seattle with that. 15 years ago, you could have bought a massive house in Seattle for that. Part back to the good old days when Seattle was a shithole and we had an awful NFL franchise. I used to love those days probably more than I'd have the last five or six years. Now it's an extremely expensive city and there's a fan base that, that has got a little bit entitled over the last five, six years. The good old days of the NFL games at Wembley where people would laugh at my Seahawk shirt 15 years ago. Oh, there's shit. You'd see about seven or eight Seahawk shirts. Now everyone's a fan. The bandwagon has been jumped on. The, the one thing I would I would bring this all back to is what Ryan said though. Find your niche. If you want to stay in the collecting, you can. You need to accept the fact that you potentially can't afford your your star quarterback auto NT number to ninety nine as it's just tough. You know, it, it just is. It just is what it is. Find your niche. Be happy with your nice parallel that you picked up of him. Be happy with your, your nice selection of base cards that you've got of him or your, or your base rookie cards that you've got of him because they are still accessible. And if if the Justin Herbert gamble does pay off that the 100,000 card does becomes worth what Brady's worth now, your base rookies are still going to do the same thing. They're still going to be worth way more than what you paid for them. Just be happy with your lot, basically. You know, it's, it's it's one of them things. There is still 
and I still stand by it, anybody can collect cards. Just because cards are selling for a million dollars, anybody can collect cards. You might not be able to collect the cards you want, but you can collect cards. I wonder how much those cards I got you guys about three years ago from the States worth now, the uh, the Royal Family cards. <laughs> they might be They've got oh, after, the Oprah, after the yeah. interview tonight, yeah. mate, maybe they've just spiked. Yeah, this 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 was the the twenty four hour window was now we've missed it probably looking at missing it that we could have got them got got them celebrity now aren't they celebrity now so we just now now's the time to start looking at it and and getting them shifted Mm. get them graded send some of those over to HGA get the old Prince Harry and the Corbett's card sent over and see what they come back as. Somebody sent a kid reporter to PSA. That's why yes. they've had to double the prices. Yeah, because people are sending yeah, shit. Because people have sent kids reporter cards to fucking PSA. That's yeah. stupid. PSA Did... should have refused to grade that. Yeah. Like, like people are sending Daniel, yeah. Daniel Jones rookie cards. I mean, oh, oh, they don't, they don't need that right. shit. They don't need that shit. <laughs> right, have we got anything else we want to bring no, up? No, let's get out of here. Long episode, yeah. so all good. Right, then, that has been episode, is it 27? Currently, the two parts could be 27 and 28, but there you go. Been an extremely entertaining evening. I hope you guys and girls at home have enjoyed us babbling on for. Depends what Ryan cuts out. Might be some some of the adult stuff. Might might make it. Might not if it does. Hey ho. Uh, so that's just about it for us. If anyone's got any orange flavored Tic Tacs, like I said earlier, feel free to get them in the post to me. We can arrange a trade. Uh, just one other point before we do go. Congratulations, especially to, to Ryan and Dan, who are admins of the UK group. Put a lot of hard work in there. Group has now hit 2,000 members. I think only two and a half years ago, there was about 650, 700 people there. So the hobby is definitely going through a boom time over here. And the uh, two guys here, along with Steve and Gavin, that put in a lot of hard work to keep it running smoothly. So congratulations on that, guys. Onwards and upwards. We just need to purge another uh, thousand people over the weekend, and we all good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and if people would just just stop selling thousands of mosaic cards every day, that would be appreciated. There should be a, a filter on there where you can just just block out anything that says mosaic. <laughs> no, I don't want that for thirty quid. Big bundle of cards because some cards could get over it, but it's all good. Right, gentlemen, final words. Happy collecting. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> Have a good one. Uh, I'm sure we'll be back around draft time, if not before. Uh, stay safe. Uh, hope lockdown is going well for you guys. I know that's tough for everyone at the moment. Uh, we're only two or three months from being able to all go and have a Wednesday breakfast. Job done. See you soon.